And welcome back to Married with Children, the podcast. Um, was supposed to be on Facebook Live tonight. Um, <laughs> our internet went down about an hour and a half ago, so we don't have access to the internet. So we're recording this and going to publish this out later. But um, like I've, I've told some people, I was messaging on Facebook when I posted that we didn't have internet. It, we have power. And I know right now with all the storms that have rolled through, internet oh, yeah. and television is the last thing yeah. anyone is worried about <laughs> because... Um, you know, it has been a crazy, crazy couple of days. So, Callie, yeah. we're back off of vacation. Yeah. No episode last week because yeah. we were in... We went camping. Sarah Land camping for the week and yeah. hanging out with the, the kids and the family. And uh, so, back in studio now. So, before we uh, introduce our guests and get into things, let's introduce our sponsors. Looking for a new tattoo? Looking for a professional piercer to add to your body art? There's no reason to drive to Indy or Louisville. Just visit Beauty from Ashes Tattoo Parlor in Crothersville, Indiana. Beauty from Ashes is located just past the Dollar General on Highway 31. Stop in and check out the amazing work done by all four artists at the shop. Each artist has a unique and personal style, but all do amazing work. The shop is family friendly, so don't hesitate to bring your kids or loved ones with you when you stop by to get some ink. Check out all the artists' work on their Facebook page and book an appointment today with either Kyle, Martha, Billy, or Lily. You won't be disappointed. Beauty from Ashes Tattoo Parlor, Crothersville, Indiana. We've all heard horror stories about insurance companies and insurance agents. Let me tell you about my family's agent, Tommy Taylor. Tommy is an agent at Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance and is a multi-line agent that can keep all your insurance in one place. Why is a dedicated agent so important? When you have the unexpected occur, you'd much rather know the person on the other end of the phone. Contact info for Tommy, 812-372-4483 at extension 2447, or look him up on Facebook at Tommy Taylor, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. Don't be another horror story. Stop knocking on wood and relying on a 1-800 number. Trust Tommy Taylor today. Miller's Termite and Pest Control is the only place you need to look for pest control. Don't get roped into contracts or high prices with the big companies. Reach out to someone who cares about you. They can handle any problem from termites, bed bugs, ants, spiders, etc. They also do lawn care. Where else can you keep the bugs out of your house and your yard looking sharp? Reach out to them today on Facebook at Miller's Termite and Pest Control. Email at pest underscore in underscore peace at yahoo.com or by phone at 812-767-5657. And again, a big shout out to all of our sponsors that help us do what we do here on Married with Children, the podcast and at APR Podcast Studios. So joining us today is local journalist Zach Spicer from the Tribune. Um, Zach, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And I kind of want to start here with you because I'm going to give you a compliment right off. And and this isn't just because you're sitting here. I truly, truly believe this. You do a great job of really covering some of the, the smaller communities um, in Jackson and, and Scott County and the surrounding areas because, um, and I'm not saying other people there don't, but it, it seems like you really, you go and find stories in places like Crothersville and Valonia and Medora and, and really pull out some of the stuff that maybe would have gotten missed in other ways. So I want to start there. And obviously, I know you're from the Austin area. So is that part of it growing up in Austin, why you love that small town feel? Yeah, that's what I've told other people. Anytime they say something about that, I'm like, I came from a small community. So I kind of just have that heart for small communities mm-hmm. and just the people there. So and. I, I want to talk about this before we kind of move on because you know Austin has been put in a really tough light um, 
and I think it's a very unfair light. Uh, mm-hmm. There have been issues there. Don't get me wrong, but every community, yeah. uh, the the opioid e- epidemic is across the nation right now, and it's and it's in any community you look in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a really good community, mm-hmm. and I think people are almost afraid to go in there. But you know, in the sense that afraid that it's this like wild west and it's not it's a strong community it's a community that i will give credit to for the people in austin who didn't just hide the problem and push it off to the side Mm -hmm. they accepted they had a problem and really led the charge in trying to make some change yeah um i i think too if you're actually from there and you know the people from there and you know that a majority of them are good people right that you, you kind of put the negative to the side that's just a very small percentage of the people in the community yeah. that maybe you know get into that stuff but um that's one thing i mean uh you know it, it, it so many people want to focus on that part of it but i think you just have to just push that aside and just you know just know that the positive is there and some pull people the they, and like you said it's a small percentage mm-hmm. that that have that negative you know connotation for that town you know Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing and sometimes people from the outside they just see that and that's all they see is the negative Mm -hmm. i mean like you know i mean like dustin and i have both been in sports and you know playing and and coaching and i think you know austin has a very big backing from the community for you know their school you know Mm -hmm. i mean and so there are a lot of positives and things in that town and you know everything but like you said i think that a lot of times some people just look at it and see that negative that mm-hmm. small percentage of the negative and you know it kind of it stinks yeah i would agree with what you said and i i truly believe that there's a lot of even larger schools around here that would would close or would be incorporated way before austin would because mm-hmm. austin though that's their pride and joy is that school uh it's the community center down there and it's it's a really cool atmosphere whenever you compete against them or you're uh, you're at a game how much the people love you know their athletes oh, yeah. their students and their mm-hmm. kids yeah i mean i think uh any small community you look at medora you look at crothersville you mm-hmm. look at austin i mean everything revolves around the school and if as much positive can come from the school i think the better well and they're trying i mean they're doing stuff you know with the school with what are they i mean because they pair with crothersville with some of the stuff i mean Uh like they're getting uh, associate's degrees so i mean like you know i mean like there you go i mean like they're trying to you know help keep that you know alive and and some of those kids you know maybe that associate degree is all they'll get and then they'll move on and you know get a Mm -hmm. job and and that helps them and so i mean that's the you know the positive stuff and and i think that's it's that's a kind of thing in in a lot of small communities is Mm -hmm. there's i'm sure there's negatives just like there are everywhere but you know sometimes people get a bad rap for for that kind of stuff but yeah and i just think it's i think it's really cool that you know a lot of times and and i was the same way when i was in high school i couldn't wait to get out of my hometown it was you know and i always used to joke i said I grew up in Mitchell, Indiana, another small town, and I said that I was never going to live in a one-stoplight town again, and I used to tell my students when I was teaching that I I held true to that because the first place I moved back to was Vernon, Indiana, and there were no stoplights, so I, <laughs> I made it to where I had no stoplights, and, and, but it's funny, we all think that, but when you truly get to an age that you look back on it, none of it was nearly as bad as what yeah. we probably thought, and, mm-hmm. and that's what I appreciate about what you do is... You know, you do still shine a light on these small towns, and there is mm-hmm. good things going on in these small towns. And yeah. 
good people who are trying to change them and make them for the better. Yeah, I see that on a daily basis mm-hmm. pretty much. I mean, I cover so much with the schools and yeah. the the towns, the events they have, the the town meetings. There's a lot of good things and a lot of good people in these places if people would just focus on that and yeah. look at look at that. Look for that. Well, yeah. you know, one of the cool <laughs> things right here in Crothersville that I I've seen is, you know, the the article came out or the facebook post came out about the red white and blue festival was going to be the last mm-hmm. one and it was done mm-hmm. and and it's sad that it has to go this direction but that's kind of today's you know world is it's a reactionary world not you know proactive and yeah. mm-hmm. and people were like oh my gosh no now they're getting a committee now now people want to help yeah, because yeah. they thought it was going to be gone yeah. Yeah. When somebody else was going to do it, everybody was happy. When it, when and, and, it was, and I'm one, when it of those was one or two people planning the whole thing and, you know, trying to organize all of that stuff, it, you know, yeah, but I mean. A lot of times that goes, it, it has to be the next generation of people stepping mm-hmm. up to do yeah. that stuff because uh, yeah. sometimes you have like committees of people that's, it's the general, you know, the, the older generation. And mm-hmm. then if you don't have the new people coming in, at least you know getting in there or being willing to serve i mean you have to have that for yeah small oh, town yeah. communities to to thrive or their events or uh things like that festivals or whatever to yeah. thrive so yeah, yeah. And, and that's one thing that i think we're finally getting back to i do think there was kind of a lull there where younger generations weren't interested in getting involved in their small towns and i mm-hmm. think we're finally seeing that come back to the point of hey this is home you know and yeah. and trying to you know I, I drive through crothersville's downtown all the time and i constantly think about the potential that's there you know yes if you mm-hmm. drive through right now it doesn't look great but there's a ton of potential because you can drive through other small town downtowns that they have little shops they have things going on i still believe i know you know kyle mcintosh and i talk about all the time when i'm around him what we could do what could be done and mm-hmm. and there are there's good people trying to make some of that stuff happen and it's an exciting yeah. time yeah so back to you I, I started that all just because i do i truly truly appreciate <laughs> there's nothing better for me than opening my newspaper and getting to read a story about crothersville indiana and, and the things that go on right here around me and i always mm-hmm. i always joke on here kyle mcintosh loves it by saying we live in ucla upper crothersville lower austin <laughs> yeah. um, i've heard that before it's my region <laughs> so but uh so obviously in journalism now had that always been the dream the goal that you wanted to be in journalism how did we get to get here zach well uh, i grew up with parents who both worked at us at the school in austin so my stepdad was was a an english teacher and english teacher i'm gonna get that right there (laughs) (laughs) Um, and my mom was a secretary at the school so i think being around that environment i always wanted to be an english teacher all the way up until about my junior year of high school and i got involved in the school newspaper and kind of thought oh that's a that's a area i could go into journalism Mm -hmm. so i totally switched and that's what i stuck with very cool which is still kind of the same obviously same realm Mm -hmm. uh, you know just uh a little bit different but that's really cool yeah english is not my strong mine either i'm obviously i'm a math teacher so english is way (laughs) you still have to use good grammar so yeah uh, i know (laughs) i'm a social studies teacher now in administration my assistant principal is an old uh, english teacher and she laughs every time if i've got to send something out i give it to her and it usually takes three to four revisions before i've actually got it pre- professionally prepared to send out so i, I at least she's on your staff to be able to help she is you. she's vital <laughs> she is vital my stepdad used to be one that he would take up quarters if somebody said ain't in his classroom so that's what he's kind of he was kind of known for oh so. gotcha interesting <laughs> i like that 
<laughs> so so you go to school obviously in journalism you went to iu southeast correct mm-hmm. and yep. okay. were you part of the school paper there as well uh yeah when i started there it was an only a two-year program but i knew it was going to switch over to a four-year program and that's obviously what i wanted to do so uh, my second year i had taken some classes my first year that ended up not counting because it was for the associate degree but uh, so i had to go five years but yeah uh, part of it was you had to take a full year for the school newspaper so i did do that down oh, there that okay. was a class oh so, cool yeah. very cool and then and then you come back up here was the tribune the first place you worked yes um i i my previous job when i was 16 i worked at walmart in scottsburg so i did that for six years and then ended up leaving there and, and was about a year in between jobs by the time i got down to school um i happened to go up to a journalism job fair at franklin college in 2006 and i met the editor of the tribune dan davis there mm-hmm. and um talked to him a little bit they weren't at the moment they weren't hiring full-time reporters so they were looking for somebody to do freelance sports so that winter that's what i did um was cover basketball games so Mm -hmm. for that 2006-7 season i i will also say this i think this is the really interesting thing about you and we'll we'll get more into this you've really covered everything yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah you have and i know part of that is a a smaller town newspaper obviously but Mm -hmm. but also i mean like you said you started out in sports and i can remember you writing several sports articles still do Mm -hmm. but you've covered everything from you know crothersville town hall meetings to basically whatever there's news at yeah you you're involved with pretty much i mean uh, after I did that that winter, it was, ba- it was basketball games, um, and then that next May of 2007, I started as a reporter, a news reporter. Okay. That's what I started doing. And um, at the time, I was still living in Austin, so I think that's kind of how I got asked, "Hey, why don't you cover Crothersville meetings? It's on your way." So that's what I. That's kind of how I got involved with that. I did that until the um, December of 2008, and then I became sports editor because our sports editor retired. So then I did that until September of 2014. Yeah, did, I was a sports editor, so covering all five high schools in the county, um, and just any other kind of sports-related mm-hmm. stories that were local. So I got to do that, and that was a lot of fun. So, and it's the hours have to be just crazy, especially with sports. <laughs> well, um, I mean, because you're yeah. you're obviously it's like nights. I mean, it's you yeah. know you're 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 attending the events and it's evenings and yeah. and i'm sure you could have gone you know especially when you're talking i mean i guess really at any season um i mean you can you could probably be at a sporting event every night of the week yeah. saturday i mean sunday may be your only day off yeah. i mean you know what i mean like because yeah. it's just like i mean with all the schools and mm-hmm. uh, you know all five schools and everything it's just like you it, yeah, the best has to be when they play each other. At least you can <laughs> yeah. you can hit two for one. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times it was like, oh, you think, oh, I'll have Wednesday off this week. Nobody will schedule anything on a Wednesday, but of course, that's what would happen. So yeah, yeah. it yeah. was usually a six day a week thing, and Saturdays were the longest days a lot of times yeah, because I, sometimes you could cover something in the afternoon or morning, and then at night. But then when you got to get back to the office to write all of it, well, and yeah. then call what yeah. you didn't go to. So I can remember several days whenever we used to have our old deadlines that um i was at work all day and then 
was still at work and leaving work when the sun come up the next day. Oh, so gosh. Those Saturdays were some long ones, so yeah, I don't really miss that part I mean, of it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is, obviously, I'm just thinking, I was initially just thinking, like, attending the events, but then you've got to go, like you said, you've got to write about the events that you were at, mm-hmm. and then you've got to write about the events that you didn't get to go to. Yeah. So yeah. what do you do, like, how do you get the information for some of the events that you can't go to? It, it's funny how it's changed because it used to be, um, you know, you'd call and get the information, yeah. write it down or type it. You, or you'd, you'd have contacts yeah. of some sort. And it evolved into, oh, I'll email it to you. Or it evolved into a program that you can submit the statistics into. Or it, now it has evolved into, oh, I'll take a picture with my cell phone yeah. of the uh, the score book or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. And they'll send it to you by text or whatever it is. Yeah. So it's funny how it's just in that amount of time how it's kind of changed. Oh, yeah. And I say that, too, even from the other side, the coaching side. You know, when I first started, we were still making copies of VHS tapes to now. (laughs) And meeting people to trade it. Driving hours to trade a VHS tape or a CD, DVD. And now... You know, all that is done online. It's crazy yeah. how fast that and it's is ramped just like up. The, it's just yeah. in a snap of a finger, you've got it switched. Yeah. 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 So in all of those things, what is what's some of your your favorite areas to cover? What what you know, in everything that you have covered, what what do you really enjoy? You know what I think I've been most impressed with is when I go into the schools. We do a ton with the schools. I mean, whether it's the sports or just activities they do events they do mm-hmm. uh, school board, school board type issues yeah. whatever it is but it amazes me and i i don't know how many times i've probably said this going to schools and talking to teachers just what they come up with these days and what they have the kids do and just come i mean it, it amazes me and i i've said that to a teacher several times i'm like this is very impressive you know what what different things that they come up with they do so i just really impressed with all of the schools that we have and what all they do I think that's always been fun to cover. You got yeah. to meet a lot of people. Oh yeah, through doing that. Yeah. So. And I'm gonna kind of transition a little bit. What do you have some during your time of doing this? Some favorite stories that really stick out that you got to cover mm-hmm. or interview people or whatever that just really hit home for you was really important. Um, I I don't mean to keep talking about sports, but that was a big chunk of my time at the <laughs> Tribune, but. One of the cool things with that that really stands out to me, um, I got to cover a swimmer, Cameron Chastain, whenever he won the breaststroke at state. That was really fun to be there for that. And then that was also a meet where he competed in other events, and Seymour had several representatives there, so that was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to cover, um, I know the gymnastics team in Seymour had some individuals that had gone to state in the past, but I got to cover their first team that went to state finals i mean that's a a sport that kind of gets overlooked a little yeah. bit because there's not very many people involved with it not very many schools that do well, it and that's but the, I'm it's saying a that's, lot of work that's the only school in the county that has gymnastics yep. yeah you know i mean like so yeah. i'm sure that it you regional you know for the county it kind of does get overlooked because there's sure. only a small percentage of kids that actually yeah participate or just um uh, teams going to state uh there was uh brownstown had the boys team go one year and the girls uh, go through one year that was fun because the girls especially i followed them all the way from winning sectional all the way up to the state finals that was fun there's been individuals go to track state finals mm-hmm. that sort of thing so i think just the that kind of stuff's been fun to follow yeah and i think that's you know and i and i'm fine with talking sports because that's a passion <laughs> of mine yeah, too yeah. but um you know i think that's where a lot of people miss what high school sports can do um is seeing kids achieve at that top level you know Mm -hmm. um even in my time you know in jennings county across the border um you know seeing carrie Ertle win the state championship in the 300 meter hurdles Mm -hmm. and you know seeing 
um, seeing our cross country teams represent us at state and mm-hmm. wrestlers at state championship and all that kind of stuff. It's amazing to see the time and effort kids have put in and to see that culminate with an opportunity to compete against the best. Yeah, uh, one thing that sticks out to me, I can remember uh, back in the day when we used to actually cover Little League in the summer, um, there was a team from Seymour that won the district and they got to go to state. And I got to go to to Plainfield to cover them. And then years later, you're seeing these kids graduate from high school and then they're going on to play college baseball or whatever it is. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. You know you've been there a little too long, though, maybe. <laughs> when you see know. them age. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm starting to feel the same way in education when I start seeing some kids come back, and I'm like, you shouldn't be that old. Yeah. <laughs> that's not possible. Um, so, and then on the flip side of that, what are some of the toughest stories you've had to to cover and, and not like i'm not asking you like say oh this or that but like mm-hmm. obviously journalism has both sides and i oh, think yeah. i think for you it's even tougher being in a small town because you know if you're at the chicago tribune and you have to write a tough story on someone you may never meet that person or you may never mm-hmm. interact with that person here in in seymour and in, in jackson county you're going to see him at the jackson county fair you're going to bump into him at walmart you're going to you're going to see these people. So mm-hmm. so what are some areas where you had to have like these tough stories that were just hard to write? Um, one thing that stands out to me that I can think of when I was thinking of that question earlier was it was when I was a sports editor, and this just goes to show how versatile you have to be and on the spot you have to be. I was uh, in the office um, coming back from covering sports that night, and the, there was only one other person that was that was actually whenever we designed the paper there. So um, – a lady was there she was the only other person there and it came over on the police scanner that there was a car on fire um out in kind of rural seymour so you know i'm sitting there i'm thinking well this sounds like we need something that we need to go check mm-hmm. out and it ended up being um the incident where uh the gentleman uh, set the car on fire and the lady was still inside the vehicle and it was it had been a domestic issue yeah so that was really hard once you got there and you realized what you're covering i mean this is yeah not easy you know yeah to think about you know what had gone on and you know what i mean and just in that moment that was that was tough things like that are tough to cover oh and, yeah and, and i would think it's not only is it tough to be there and and you know take in take in the facts but again just like we talked about with sports you got to go back and sit down and and write try it. to put that into words mm-hmm. for someone to read and understand yeah and, you know that's got to be that's got to be a ton of pressure and not pressure but a a ton of responsibility Mm -hmm. that you feel with that yeah i i think you always have to keep families in in, oh yeah in mind whenever you're doing stuff like this because you've got to be really sensitive about how you approach something or even talk to someone in a situation i mean it i know there was another incident where um there was a student had graduated from Seymour High School that got uh, killed out on a re- in, in a wreck on I-65, and I think it was the next day or the a um, few days later they had a a balloon release at the school for him and stuff. And I, I didn't really know his family or anything, but you had to after that. I mean, I, you wanted to kind of get their perspective, and but you didn't want to be intrusive. Yeah. But you want to just kind of give them an opportunity to say you know what type of person he was so you can kind of you know share that with other people and focus on that i mean this was a horrible situation but kind of be able to just give people a chance to kind of just open up and you don't make them open up you never want to make somebody tell their story but just if they're comfortable with it and you know and then you're able to kind of give them an opportunity to 
show what type of person he was in that instance or whatever so and and, you know and i think that's something that that is really powerful um even beyond that moment because i know you know in some some tragedies that we've had you know whether it's in my professional career when i was in high school or, or growing up you know i've i've flipped back through articles and found articles about friends that i've lost or things like that and you know you get the chance to go back and read them and and it it gives you that Yes, it's still hard, but it's it is a warm feeling. You know, mm-hmm. you remember how loved they were and what kind yeah. of person they were. So I, I do think it's creating a little bit of a legacy for them, um, you know, and for that family to always kind of look back on. Yeah, yeah. So also, you know, this is kind of a you know to to change the the subject a little bit again. You know, there's a a perception out there that newspapers are dying. You know, that it's it's a it's an old media and it's dying. Um, I still get a newspaper. Mm-hmm. Um, I still enjoy getting a newspaper. <laughs> really? <laughs> and, um, even though I will admit I probably read more online now than what I read in the newspaper, even though I still get a paper copy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I know there's probably some, some eco people out there that would probably tell me we'll just get rid of the paper. But <laughs> when I have the opportunity to sit down and read the newspaper, I like that. It's just the online version is so much more convenient for me so what's your perspective on that do you think it's a media that's dying Uh, i don't know if that's the case Uh, i hope it's not at least for us for a while um but i I know of uh, of an area paper or i think there's an area community that that went to that i mean that's it went to just having an online version i mean the, the benefit with that is i mean as soon as you get a story done or whatever you're working on you don't have to wait oh this is going to run three or four days later or yeah. whatever, you know, if it's yeah. not a timely story or anything like that. Um, but I, I, I'm like you. I mean, I've always been the type of person that wants to have something to read in my hand. Um, but it has been interesting to see the shift and focus of, oh, you've got to get this stuff on Facebook and you got to get uh, yeah. this stuff out on your website as fast as you can because yeah. we're a newspaper that prints anything the next day. So with the benefit of having a website or Facebook is you can go ahead and put that out there maybe. Or put part of the story yeah, at least yeah. out there, let people know what's going on, but then you know the full story is going to run in the next day. So we, we, we do that. I mean, we, we find ourselves having to do that, honestly, to, um, you know, that TV stations have that capability mm-hmm. and they're going on and putting that stuff out there. So it's like, you want, you know, you're, you're a community paper, so your community people should be able to rely on you to go on there and say, mm-hmm. you know, if they're curious about something that's happened or they've heard about something oh, well, we, we want to go to the local newspaper first, not the Louisville or Indianapolis TV station. So yeah. we try to do a really good job of um, keeping on top of things and then getting the accurate information. And that's another thing. you got to be <laughs> oh, accurate. Yeah. You don't want to just throw something out there to get clicks or, mm-hmm. or, or whatever. You know, that's the wrong way to approach it. You've got to make sure you go through all your sources, get the right sources, the appropriate sources, and then be able to put that. Yeah. information out there to let people know about what's going on and that's what i was going to say what you guys face and, and battle so much at least from my perspective is you know everybody is a journalist in a way now and, and not not professionally i'm not at yeah. all putting down your profession mm-hmm. yeah. but everybody who thinks they have a cell phone and a social They'll media post account something on facebook or, thinks or that twitter or whatever they're posting news and yeah. th- what we just talked about when we talked about the toughest stories to cover that's where i struggle with a lot of that that gets posted it gets posted immediately in the moment Mm -hmm. and it's there's not a lot of thought put into the families what's going on in the situation who else this might affect have has the the family even been notified yet 
And this stuff's getting thrown up there, and it doesn't have that respect value put into it. Right. And that's why, for me, I think sometimes that, that day that it takes for you guys to check your sources and get it out, mm-hmm. it, it's it's valuable. And, and you know, and I know that I'm, I'm big on telling people whenever you see something on Facebook to at least check where it came from. Mm-hmm. But I do appreciate the way you guys, you know, a lot of times I will be scrolling through Facebook and see something yeah. either you've posted um, or the Tribune's posted and go, you know, it's a preview to an article coming. Right. And I'm like, OK, that's going to be in the paper tomorrow. I want to make sure that I read, you know, mm-hmm. the couple that have struck me lately is, you know, Brandon Allman's a good friend of mine. You wrote a great piece mm-hmm. on him and the the uh, the Lady Braves basketball team. And I worked previously with Tim Taylor. I saw his article mm-hmm. that came out about being the new Brownstown superintendent. So. Yeah. It, all of those, when I kind of see that preview, it reminds right. me, I want to log into the website and see the, well, the article. And, and and like you even said, I mean, like when something happens, um, you know, a lot of times you'll put like a little preview on Facebook, you know, I'll see it scrolling and, you know, it's, you know, full article to come in tomorrow's paper. I mean, like, mm-hmm. but it at least gives me, you know, depending, you know, positive or negative, you know, I'm, you know, like um, type of a story, you know, whether it was something good happened or bad, mm-hmm. but, you know, like at least gives us a tit you know a tidbit of information about it and mm-hmm. like you said i mean that i know is accurate versus you know jane doe that's typing whatever on facebook i don't really know how accurate that is yeah and I, I, a lot of times like if it's a wreck or something like that yeah. related to the police i mean we have to wait on them and they're a reliable yeah. source so, and, and right. if anybody questions what you put out there you can credit you know you know this is the police they've gone through their proper procedures to get the information out there it's accurate so we can put it out there right. then. So we don't ever rush to put anything out there because I remember there was one instance where we went and uh, our photographer went and uh, took a picture of a, a house fire. And it's hit or miss whether we're actually at the office when something like that happens. But that ha- that we were that day and somebody, it was actually their house. And that, that was, they saw it on our Facebook and they did that's that's where they found out about it first oh my gosh so it was a little tough from their perspective of trying to understand hey you know they they knew about this before i did so that those kind of things are hard so and it is and it's a it's a crazy age because the expectation to pass on information is so strong i know you know even working in school administration and obviously the social media thing will fuel the rumor mill faster than anything (laughs) i've ever Mm -hmm. seen in my life but you know so often I'll have parents that are frustrated with us at first that say, we should have known about this immediately. But what I always tell them is we're still investigating it. Just like you said with the police and the procedures, we're going through our channels to figure mm-hmm. out what, what happened. happened. Yeah. We're not waiting three hours sitting in the office laughing, saying <laughs> we're going to wait and tell the parents about this later. We're doing our due diligence to mm-hmm. make sure we have accurate information to give. But in today's world a lot of times i think it feels like that because information is so freely shared that yeah they're not a lot of times they're not as worried about accurate information they just want to be informed yeah. and and you know i still believe in the idea of i'd rather you just come to me once and tell me exactly what happened than tell me one thing then tell me you were wrong and then you know constantly be changing the game so right. yeah you don't want to have to be running a correction every day oh we're sorry we got this wrong or yeah running a correction of a correction that's never a good thing either. <laughs> yeah. so you just have to go through yeah. your proper procedures too and just yeah. and also your ethics yeah, your yeah. Ethics, ethics is a big thing i mean i even i mean i'm sure every journalist takes a class in media ethics whenever you're in college i mean you just have to just do things right i mean it sounds so yeah. simple yeah but you know, it, it sounds yeah. simple, but for a lot, it can be tough. Yeah. But yeah. Um, 
So I'll also ask you this. Obviously, you have continued to move up um, at the Tribune in several different supporting roles and different things you've done. Um, have you ever had a desire, and I'm not trying to put you in a bad spot with the Tribune. I know how much you love working there. Have you ever had a desire to be at the Indy Star or you know the Courier at Louisville or you know the Chicago Tribune? I mean, is that something that would, would you know be an ultimate life goal? Um, I, I think it also um, – if I was somebody that went to school or went to college in Indianapolis or something and had those connections, those schools probably people from those schools probably get those opportunities a lot more mm-hmm. and easier. And it's a different day and age now where a lot of students in different areas can be connected to jobs a lot easier than whenever I was in school. But I, I think it would be fun because especially if you have an interest in that, like again, uh, I'm, I'm not somebody that played sports or anything, but I took an interest in it once I started covering it and everything. So I always thought, you know, I, I'm a fan of the Colts and the Pacers, so I always thought it would be cool if you right. could somehow get some type of job with, with them. I think doing some type of writing or public relations or something would be fun for something like that, but I'm not out there, you know, currently searching for anything like that <laughs> or anything like that, but, you know, I, I think it would be fun to do it, right. you know, but I, I'm happy with what I'm doing now. The, the one thing I th- I would think with, you know, like the bigger papers is you would have to be more... Um, like just on one type of a topic mm-hmm. like you are able to you can write i mean you, you kind of have that freedom obviously you've been there for a while i mean you've done a lot of stuff you yeah. you know like we said you do stuff with schools and you know towns and festivals and mm-hmm. sports i mean like so i mean i i don't know you i guess you tell me would in like a bigger newspaper you would probably i mean you would only cover like you know one certain whether it was a certain area or mm-hmm. a certain uh, you know, topic, I guess. I mean, you see a lot of the bigger papers. I mean, uh, with sports, they'll have certain writers. They'll just follow a certain team, same yeah. team all the time. Yeah. But the good thing with like a small town newspaper like ours is you're seeing Brownstown play somebody one night and maybe see more the next night or it's a totally different sport or yeah. in oh, my, yeah. in my with news now, I mean, one night you're going here or, or some days I'm going to Brownstown, Crothers, and Maduro all in one day. So yeah. It, it, yeah. it's fun though. I would rather do that than just all the time have to be doing the same thing. And yeah. a lot of times if you're working for those newspapers, you might, what they call a beat, you'd be a beat writer. So you, that's all you cover. Yeah. So you don't get to go out and do those things. Right. So I, I, I like having the variety. I think it's one of the best parts of the job. And I, and I agree because I always I'm always jealous. I, I'm a Chicago fan and and Mike Greenberg who used to be on Mike and Mike in the morning now is on uh, Get Up or whatever it is. Yeah. I, I've not watched it much now since he's left, but he always talks about when he was writing for uh, the Chicago Tribune during in the '90s during the Jordan heyday era, and and he was the Bulls reporter for them. So he traveled with the team. He was in the locker room with the team. And to me, being a Jordan, huge Michael Jordan fan. <laughs> You're and like, that's up, awesome. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> like the a, dream. It sounds like the greatest job you could ever have. But then I, as I've gotten older and I've thought about it, that run from about 2000 to 2008 when they were awful. Yeah. That sounds like one of the most miserable <laughs> jobs. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. when you're it's walking in the, the locker room the every day and going, so what happened? We lost again. You know, that's not nearly as much fun as yeah. watching you know Jordan or even talking the Colts when when mm-hmm. Manning was there and they're popping champagne bottles and winning championships. I mean, that I think that would be a tough yeah. thing too if you if you get put on that where it's it's a a decade of struggle. 
I think mm-hmm. that's a tough beat to have to work as well. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, you'd have to be kind of creative. Okay, well, how am I going <laughs> to yeah. turn this into a positive? Another loss. <laughs> They're zero and eighteen now. What do yeah. I do with this? You know, yeah. I mean, I think you'd have to. Uh, yeah. yeah, you'd have to definitely be creative. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, for all those, and and thank goodness they they've gotten some wins now. For all those riders in Cleveland for all these years, um, it's it's been a it's been a struggle. So I, I do. I think that's that's really tough. So. So before I get in, I've, I've got a whole different subject I do want to talk to you about. But um, what's some things coming up that you're excited you're covering? Or I don't want to – if you've got a, a story you're working on that you could give away a little hint, but what are some things you're excited to cover here coming up? I'm trying to run through my my <laughs> calendar on my desk in my mind I know, here. right? <laughs> um, gosh. Um, uh, there was one story I'm, I'm happy to share that I haven't been able – I talked to him several weeks ago, but – there's a student from Crothersville that uh, tours. He's a tour manager for a Christian band now. That was oh. just kind of a random story. I was somebody suggested I had followed this kid whenever he uh, was in, a, in another local band and got to know him and everything going through school. So those are always kind of fun to do stories to do as well. You think, oh well, you just cover these kids while they're here in the community mm-hmm. or or whatever. Once they're done with high school, but it's fun to go back and see those success stories and be able to share those. Those are fun. So that's yeah. that's one I'm looking forward to sharing here soon. Um, I've gotten to do that a lot, um, whether it's athletes or whether it's just any other. Uh, they've gone on and accomplished good things academically in college, and you kind of get to um, let the community know, hey, this is where this person is now. This is what they've done. And also, what one question I always like to ask with those people is, okay, you're from Seymour, Crothersville, Medora, Brownstown, whatever it is. If there's other kids in this community that read this, or see, hey, he or she's done this. What advice would you give to them? That's always a fun question yeah. to end the story with. So just to kind of show, hey, you know, if, if they can do it, I can too. If I yeah. put my mind to it and, and work hard. So, well, and one cool connection that we have, and I've talked about him a couple times on here, but you wrote a story a couple years ago about Kyle McIntosh mm-hmm. when he first opened the the moved to his new location, the tattoo shop, and um, had celebrate recovery in there and had. Um, it was doing the Wednesday night Bible studies as well. And you wrote a great article about him and it was funny. I read the article. We had just started doing this and I just happened to go down there one day and I said, man, we're doing this podcast. I want to have you on. I read this article. I want to know more. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got him on here. So I, I just rode your coattails and brought him right on here. And, <laughs> um, and it's been really cool because it's, it's spawned a real friendship for Kyle and I. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, you know, he's, he's done several tattoos for me and, and we, uh, and a lot of times I just go down just to talk with them because mm-hmm. so it's it's cool to me and I, I want you to know that you really do have that power and what you yeah. do is is connecting communities. I know mm-hmm. sometimes it can feel like probably from your perspective, you write this story and then you don't see what comes out of it. But that story right there connected Kyle and I um, and created a great friendship between the two of us. And, um, you know, he's a sponsor of the podcast. I try and help him any way I can down there at the shop and and we've done some things for them. But so yeah. what you're doing is helping mm-hmm. change communities. Yeah, that was a story. Another reporter of ours, January Rutherford, had done uh, about the, the Bible classes that he had done down here. But one story I had done with him is um, there was a group of ladies that have children with Down syndrome and they mm-hmm. came down at, to Inspire his shop. Inspire Grounds, yep. yeah. Uh, no, this was a, a group of ladies from Seymour area. Okay. And, oh, okay. Uh, they all have children with Down syndrome and they came and got a, all, uh, the same tattoo together. Oh. So that was they did that at his shop and yeah. I come down and did that story and got to, that was the first time I think maybe that I had met him in person and then he, later he did the the community thanksgiving meal and i did yes. that story and a lot of the things he's done for the school and stuff so it's been neat to see though that 
that's an example of somebody, okay, yeah, you could do a story about them whenever they come into a community and open a business or whatever. But then they're also getting into the community and and giving back to the community. So that's, I mean, he's just one example of anybody. There's a lot of people that have done that in the the county. And those those are fun stories to cover. Yeah, he's, uh, he he always cracks me up because a lot of times I'll get a message and I'll look at my wife and I'll say, Kyle's got a crazy idea. (laughs) And she's like, what? And I, Thanksgiving, we're going to do a Thanksgiving meal. We're going to do, we're, we want help with this or that. So it's, it's been really cool to see what he's done. So, yeah. yeah. So I do want to transition completely off the journalism thing and go into another passion that I know you have, and that's the Special Olympics. Okay. Yep. And I know I've seen you posting a ton. You volunteer with the Special Olympics. So, first of all, how'd you get involved with Special Olympics? Uh, one thing I'll start off with, it's funny that I tell a lot of people this, I'm like, I don't get paid a dime for Special Olympics because I'm a volunteer and all of us are volunteers, but I probably get maybe more so out of that than I do my paid job. So that I just want to start with that. I, I tell yeah. a lot of people that and I'm completely honest when I say that as well. Um, it, it, well, it kind of stemmed a little bit from my job because I had covered some of the schools do the... Um, uh, the Champions Together program that starts on like the elementary school level mm-hmm. and middle school level. And I got to cover a few of those events where high school kids were cut or, or middle school kids, you know, or well, even some elementary kids on, for that matter, were getting to help kids with special needs. Mm-hmm. And we went and covered those events. And I, I just kind of sat back whenever I was at those events and I was like, wow, this is really neat to see just this positive interaction. I'm all about positivity. And like whenever I see something like that, I'm just drawn to it. So it always really stuck with me. And then in the fall of 2017, um, I was looking on Facebook one day and saw where um, there was people looking to fill a committee for to get Special Olympics started here again. It, had, it hadn't been there since, I think, early 2016. It hadn't been, gone away too long, but it had really dwindled to where there was hardly any participants or organization to it. And there was a parent that actually sent their child up to a program in Bartholomew County to participate but they were commuting from seymour all the time to go back and forth and they really they contacted the state they took it upon themselves to contact the state said hey we want to get this started back here again so i i happened to come across that and it listed the um what they call a county management team which is just a committee of people but just with different uh, positions and one of them said public relations and i thought well that that goes right into with yeah. what i do yeah i mean it would be easy for me to be able to help them get the word out about special olympics through the right. newspaper so i volunteered to fill that position and and went through the online training and and got started with it and we got started officially with something in march of 2017 so okay yeah and it is you know we at jennings county i know seymour does as well we have the unified track Mm -hmm. um and that is one of the coolest events that i've ever seen and and gotten to be a part of but i always talk about you know some of our our students with special needs in the high school when i'm having a bad day when it's just you know something's happened that's where i go i go to Mm -hmm. the special uh, needs classrooms and um i sit with those kids i go to pe with those kids i lunch with them because the reward like you just said that it it will put a smile on your face faster than anything Mm -hmm. you do um and it it the hugs that i get when i walk in that classroom it means everything to me there's nothing Mm -hmm. better than those kids and um when you get to see them smile and them feel like they're a part of it it's even more amazing yeah, inclusion is a special thing. <laughs> that's what I always think of, the, the first word. I mean, that's what they used to call the meet that the high school had would be inclusion revolution. 
uh, that they would have. Uh, it was kind of the unified type mm-hmm. uh, event and everything. So it, it's a really cool thing also to see, though, that schools take this seriously and they want everybody to have an opportunity. Yeah. That's what everybody deserves. So, I mean, why wouldn't you support that? So Yeah. Absolutely. And and if somebody wants to get involved in volunteer and help, how can someone get involved with Special Olympics? Yeah, we're always looking for to grow our program. I mean, it's for in terms of athlete wise, it's for ages eight and up unless you do horseshoes. For some reason, it's 30 and up. But everything else you do is eight and up. But the biggest thing I always tell people is you don't pay a dime. Once you get involved, you don't pay anything to participate. So we've really seen that gradually grow. Um, We recently took about 50 total people to the state games but that was about 27 athletes 27 of Uh the people were athletes so that was really cool to step back and think wow we've done this in a year this is our first time going to the summer games um in three years i think it was but um if somebody wants to become an athlete uh, you just have to go through um the fill out the paperwork there's uh an application you fill out and there's also like a medical form you have to have filled out with your doctor and just turn that in we turn that into the state and then you can participate in practices or uh our unified fitness club that meets weekly you can do that too um and if you want to be a volunteer you kind of go through a little bit of the same process it's an online video you have to go through and watch that and you have to pass the each section and and then you become a, a class a volunteer is what they call that so that just means that um you can just go and interact with the athletes and you can be able to help them in any way if they need it so right. and what it's a really all, easy process so yeah what all events are they involved in obviously you said horseshoes is 30 and up what mm-hmm. if if i've got an eight-year-old that i'm interested in getting involved or, or a middle mm-hmm. schooler, high schooler what events are they going to be involved with uh the one good thing about us getting what they call a unified fitness club going is that is year-round no matter what so there's always that going on otherwise you're gonna you might have to wait for a certain sport in a right. certain season so the unified fitness club meets weekly we've done it on thursdays thursday evenings at six um and we just meet to just you can just do whatever it's really laid back there's no pressure if you don't want to do something or if you need to take a break we don't look at you and say what are you doing i mean (laughs) you know you just do do it at your pace but there's no bobby knight coaching uh, uh, well (laughs) i I don't i think i've tried to hold back from throwing any chairs or anything um one thing that's been really cool is i'd say i think it was about last august um I knew some of the trainers at Anytime Fitness in Seymour. Mm-hmm. I don't work out or anything. Don't don't get that thought. But uh, <laughs> um, neither do I. I, yeah. I. I know them, so I reached out to them and say, "Hey, would you be interested in coming and partnering with us and and coming to our a Unified Fitness Club once a week or once a month?" I'm sorry. So they've been pretty uh, pretty pretty much doing that every month since uh, August, I think it was. Wow. So they'll they'll come and and put us through a workout, and at first three days later i would still feel that i had done that workout so it was a good workout but now i think my body's kind of adjusted to that somehow i don't know how that (laughs) happened but i'm not saying i'm athletic or anything but uh, that's been a really good partnership because they are super with our athletes and that's awesome and just everybody and i mean it's been really cool to see that so we've done that we've even had somebody come a few times and do yoga with us Uh, we also had a lady come once and do a body rock class with us that was a lot of dancing so again not my forte but it was it was fun though just to see the interaction and they're so positive with our athletes and with our volunteers so 
It's and I'm a, sure the kids know. love it. Oh, I yeah. mean, like, you know, I mean, that's yeah. cool for them to to be active and, you know, even to do and try some different things mm-hmm. that I mean, I think that would be awesome. Our first sport that we did was softball last summer. And believe it or not, we're already doing a call out tomorrow night for the next softball season. I can't believe it's already been a year. But yeah, uh, we, we did that last year. We got to compete in tournaments. Um, we competed in a, a big tournament up in Greenwood and did a few others and then got to do a sectional. So that was yeah. fun to get to do that. We went down to Corden and did that. Um, that was one instance where you had to qualify to go to the summer or to the fall games, and we didn't do that. But if you keep winning, you can go to that. And then we went in and did basketball. We did several tournaments um, with that, and that was a lot of fun. We had three teams with that, ended up with two teams at the end. Um, that was three-on-three three and five-on-five, five, so that was a lot of fun. Um, we did really well with that, had a lot of fun. And then we went in to do track and field and horseshoes. So this kind of goes by season what you want to pick and what everybody's interested in. And is that, I mean, like anybody in the county? Uh I mean, or or maybe, I don't know if it's outside. I don't Uh know if that is even restricted, but I mean, it's, do you you meet in Seymour? Yeah, a lot of our stuff, our practice and stuff are in Seymour because it's kind of a central location. But we have had a handful of athletes come from the Hayden or North Vernon area Uh because either it's closer for them or they just, you know, they just want to be involved in our program because we go out there and i mean yeah sure it's fun if you win or whatever but that's not what it's all about if right. we don't win it doesn't matter just so they're having fun and having right. a good time and getting a lot out of it yeah but some programs are a little bit more like oh we want to win or we've got to have people out there that are going to do good but from our perspective it's about giving them the opportunity yeah. and it, we should never go to an event and not everybody's participated yeah so we we really try to make sure of that too very cool so and i think that's really important you know obviously you know you want to be competitive but these are kids that or adults that haven't always had that opportunity mm-hmm. to be involved in something and and to be able to be out and involved is is huge and you mm-hmm. don't want to turn them off to it by you know them going and they just sit the whole time yeah you know yeah it, it's been fun too because you were asking about like the age ranges i know we our youngest person that we have now is a fifth grader so it went all the way up to that and then i think one thing we kind of maybe determine why horseshoes is the way it is for like 30 and up because that kind of we were kind of thinking maybe it's one of those things where you're still making sure that you know maybe that age group or up can make sure you have something that they feel that they are good at or they can compete in if they don't want to if they think track or something seems overwhelming to them but that that was one thing with horseshoes it was a lot of fun because we had nine people go up to the summer games with that and uh we uh me and another uh, person from our county management team uh took the three mile walk we didn't know it was a three mile walk but uh <laughs> into the park from you know where we were staying where the uh, indiana state campus was and we walked three miles to this park and we didn't know it was that far <laughs> but that's another story uh but it was neat to go though because now next year we want to go back and do unified doubles horseshoes with them oh, oh that's cool. awesome so what you, that means which maybe you've figured out what unified means at this point but I could go and compete with one of our special needs athletes mm-hmm. and we would compete as a team and you can go and win medals. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what, uh, there was other, another program there that, that they were getting medals in unified doubles. I don't care about a medal, but if I can help somebody else get a medal, yeah. you know, that's really cool. Yeah. So. You know, and that's the coolest thing, you know, when I go back to the unified track program that the IHSA is running now, mm-hmm. um, our wrestling team and our girls basketball team partnered with a lot of our athletes and, mm-hmm. I remember the first day I went out to watch them and they were doing long jump and those kids when when some of our our athletes um, struggled at some of the events it built such a confidence in Mm -hmm. some of those special needs kids because it wasn't 
okay, they're not good at everything. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, and our kids were so good with laughing about it and yeah. look at what I did. I tripped. I did this. I did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, building that bond between the two of them, it was amazing. And, and you know, we were we were lucky enough. We were the sectional winners and unified track. And to see that picture, that's probably one of the proudest pictures I got to take this year was with that group mm-hmm. because, you know, I we, we won several sectionals in different sports this year. But to be with that group – um and see both those partners it's it's just a really cool program so that's awesome too that even in the in you know years ahead you can you can still do the same thing yeah Yeah. that was one thing with my job too is i got to cover that and my involvement in special olympics we had a couple of our athletes that actually were on the high school unified team so i went to several of their meets and it's such a fun environment just (laughs) like i was saying with the stuff about champions together and the unified program special olympics I just don't know how you can go to one of those events and not leave feeling really good about yourself and just what you just saw. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. So, uh, well, we're, we're here at, uh, about 50 minutes. We usually go about an hour, Zach. And I, I want to ask you this because you, uh, you said before we came on that this was going to be a little bit of a role reversal. (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking that (laughs) because, uh, you're used to being the one to uh ask the questions so i'm just gonna ask i mean did, did we do an okay job neither one of us have a journalism background so <laughs> not at all i mean if we if we were hiring at this point i'd be more than happy to give you guys an opportunity you're welcome to to submit something or whatever write a story for us we're happy if you do that one so, so. but no i uh like i said i do i really appreciate to kind of wrap up here i i appreciate all that you do um not only i, I talked a lot about how you cover the community but but also your involvement in the community. And that, that's mm-hmm. why I wanted to kind of make this a two-part interview. Obviously, I was very interested to hear about your journalism background and the stories you've covered in the, the community. But mm-hmm. I've been so impressed watching it through Facebook. There's good and bad to social media. Right. But watching your involvement in Special Olympics and mm-hmm. the passion you have for it. So I appreciate not only what you cover in our community, but that you're also an active participant as well. So yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's one thing whenever I did sports and I was so involved and I, you know, was trying to balance everything, it was really hard to get involved in things. But honestly, it seems like once I got done and switched out of sports, I was able to get involved in things. And they, I am involved in leadership Jackson County as well, as well, and went through that class and that program. And I've been on the board since then. And they're just good organizations to be a part of. Again, it's something you don't get paid for, but it doesn't really take a lot of your time and you get a lot out of it. And then you know that the community and the program gets a lot out of it and you're helping a good organization so i i just think you know if people can have the opportunity to get involved in something find something i mean there has to be something out there there's a lot of good things in the community the organizations and opportunities to get involved so you know there's no reason to say well there's nothing to get involved with or because there if you look somewhere somebody's always looking for help or or even if it's donating money or whatever it is, there's ways to help. So yeah, and if you look and there's not that person there, be that person. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that's the yeah. other thing too. Is this you. is the day and age to where you're exactly right. I mean, you could get a group together to start something, you know, a group or or whatever. So I mean, like, yeah, mm-hmm. if it's if you've got an idea, I mean, and it, yeah. and it's not there, you can always obviously start that. Yeah, and going off of that a little bit too is you know, I appreciate what you said about what I do, but also it's not just me doing it. it's not just me working at the newspaper it's not just me doing special olympics it it takes other people with that same interest that same drive that same mm-hmm. enthusiasm to get things done i mean i couldn't I, I couldn't write a story four or five stories every day we have other good people at the paper right. that do a lot of good work and they have also 
develop good relationships with people in the community and 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 tell good stories and and go out and find the good stories there's people in special olympics that it takes our whole committee i mean it's not you know it took a whole committee of us to go up to Terre haute and just make sure everything was how it was supposed to be or to make sure week to week that we have unified fitness club set and you know, it's it's a lot of people coming together to make, to do good things, and I'm just happy to be a part of it. So yeah, and that's a huge point because I do want to say I I, I also a, the Tribune I think is is one of the best small town papers I've been around, and I, mm-hmm. I still consider Seymour a small town um, because it hasn't moved on to one of the frustrating things. And if if I was telling my honest opinion, why I think a lot of papers are dying, even the bigger papers is it's all become AP articles. It's Mm -hmm. all Associated Press articles, and it's the same stuff I can get on USA Today and read for free. What I appreciate about the Tribune and all the staff there is there's still a real focus. I understand that you're going to pull some AP articles because it's national news, world news, Mm -hmm. but it's still focused on our community, mm-hmm. what's going on here, and that's first and foremost, and that's the most impressive thing. So yeah. to you and all the staff at the Tribune, I appreciate what you guys do, and the, the yeah. entire staff at mm-hmm. the Jackson County Special Olympics, I appreciate it. We appreciate you taking time out of your day to come down here and talk yeah, with us. Sure. Um, you know, We were excited to have you on and kind of hear your your perspective of, of journalism and everything. And um, So if you if you can go follow zach on um on social media go subscribe to the tribune mm-hmm. like i said whether you do just the online um <laughs> uh subscription i still enjoy the the full six-day subscription with a newspaper yeah. um even if all i do is bring it in um, some days that's all i <laughs> well, do but but, the, but we there obviously we cut i still cut stuff out of the paper i just did some the other day and it's like i'll just Mm-hmm. and then i've got it for not i mean i don't really know what i i'm not like a scrapbooker but i may usually give it to his mom because she's more of the scrapbooker and i'll say here we've had i've had together. a lady here recently come in and she's uh collected all the newspapers that her sons have ever been in she's putting a scrapbook yeah. together there's another gentleman that was that wanted the online version of uh, every story that his daughter's been in the paper about so i mean yeah that that kind of shows you there hey people do still read what yeah. you put out there so yeah. that's pretty cool absolutely yeah yeah i mean that's that's the whole thing i mean i and it's it's amazing to me you know the power of a picture and a story mm-hmm. together because mm-hmm. i can just be flipping through and be like okay that looks cool the headline's catchy and then yeah. sit and read the entire article and then be interested to learn more about it yeah. you know and that's yeah that's what you guys do a lot of so again yeah. thank you i wish you the best in everything you do thank you very much. um we appreciate you being here yes. and you are welcome back anytime you want to come and talk some more <laughs> okay what do you have doing next sunday <laughs> right now we'll we're find, actually open yeah we'll find another topic <laughs> so all right well everybody else uh thank you for joining us uh like i said we will be back um we've got some some things in the works coming up here uh, with some different uh, people uh, to hopefully have on here throughout the rest of June and July. Um, looking at some different topics, some local people, and uh, so be sure to join us. So thank you, and again, thanks to our sponsors, Miller's Termite and Pest Control, Tommy Taylor Farm Bureau Insurance, and Beauty from Ashes Tattoo Parlor in Crothersville, Indiana. So again, Zach, thank you, and we wish you all the best. Yes, thanks. Thank you.